0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives.
1: Welcome to the Wellness Guys show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christophe, and Dr. Brett Hill.
0: Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. And I'm Brett Hill. And Damien Christophe is in Sydney enjoying himself. And so we thought <laughs> we'd bring in a third person into this. So this is the Wellness Guys show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into our lives. And I, we actually have a very special guest on, uh, guest host, I guess, will we call her, uh, on the show. She's actually the only person or the only voice that has been on all Wellness Guys episodes. And uh, she's the person that introduces the show every single week. And uh, it is my uh, better half, uh, Karen Tam. <laughs> Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Finally, yeah, welcome, finally, finally made it to the show. <laughs> welcome I mean, to have you. I, thank you.
2: We, we do get a lot of fans asking about who that sexy voice is at the start of the show, Karen. Yeah, yeah so I, I think that's just we, demo. They'll be pleased
1: to
2: know who it
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're going to be doing the show. The reason why I brought her on was because uh, we wanted to find out, uh, you know, what is a what's the life of a, of a uh, being a wife of a famous wellness guy. That's <laughs> no, <just> okay. <laughs>
2: wife on then oh he's
0: on holiday so uh, that's why we can t- we can talk about whatever we want no this listen the reason why we uh, brought my wife on the show um is simply because we were going to talk about home birth and pregnancy and raising young kids and if we're going to talk about you know labor and pregnancy and all that stuff it i just we just thought that having two three two or three guys talking about uh women's <laughs> experiences is probably not a great idea so we decided to bring a female perspective in here just to balance us out uh, just so that we're not talking crap as well that uh, we yeah. can actually talk through some uh, true experiences right Brett
2: yeah pretty much just to shield ourselves from criticism <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right glad, <laughs> glad to have boys. You know, we, we, we definitely keen to get your perspective on this Karen because we know that that you're obviously an amazing mom and have had some amazing experience. And so we're looking forward to, to getting that perspective from you, obviously, which is going to be completely different from the dad's perspective. Mm.
0: So, yeah. right. Mm. Well, let's start from the beginning. I mean, there's a lot of people who are, you know, might be single out there or maybe they're married and uh, maybe, maybe thinking about kids, but not yet, but thinking about kids. But I think a lot of things that uh, happens a lot of times is that when people get pregnant, they go, oh, I'm pregnant. So let's do something, you know, healthy and with, let's focus on, on our bodies." But our perspective is that, you know, if you, haven't had, if, if you haven't had a child and you're not pregnant, I think it's, if you're thinking about having kids, I think it's better to prepare for that beforehand rather than waiting until you find out you're pregnant to actually do a healthy switch. Wouldn't you agree, Brett?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if, if people are interested in this area, I think definitely going back and having listened to the interview we did with Nat Kringutis, was, which was fantastic. She talked a lot about preparing for, for pregnancy and, and preparing for conception because, It's one of those things that just so many people just assume that it's going to be able to happen. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, where you go and and it's just all going to fall into place and happen straight away easily at whatever time of their life they choose to do it. And and for a lot of people, particularly in our modern society, that just isn't the case. And so it is important to not only make sure that you're healthy enough and you're looking after your body so that you can conceive, uh, but even making sure you're looking after your body so you're in a healthy state when you do conceive. Because we're now seeing with, you know, with epigenetics and all these other things that that your lifestyle can not just affect you and not just affect your kids, but can even affect generations to come as well. So, you know, it's really important that you start looking after and thinking about your health well before you get to the stage of, of having the baby. But You need to really start thinking about that in advance.
0: So Karen, like I mean, one of the things that we want to ask you from your, from a women's person, how, I mean, there's obviously a lot of pressure and to to kind of get your body healthy as well. What are some of the things that you remember you doing um, to you know just you know, and it wasn't extreme, but it was just more like you know something to think about for the woman out, the woman or the females out there thinking about having a child. What were some of the things that they need to you know to do?
1: There's a lot of books out there, and and that was one of the things we did, or I did, was was read the (laughs) books. Hey now, hey now. About um, giving you ideas of what you could do, but I actually found that really, really stressful. I read the books, and there was 10,000 things to do, and it started feeling so stressful that it wasn't a place I wanted to be in. And actually, a good friend of ours was pregnant, and she said to me, if you make it so stressful, you are never going to be able to conceive. And I think that was one of the main major points that I think is important is because it is a very stressful thing if it's something that you really want to happen and um, I had to stand back a little bit and read the books and then take from it a few pointers here and there and try not to stress about it too much. So that was one thing a um, couple of things we did it i don't know if you noticed but i put plants around the computer there were certain plants that were supposed to limit the the negative energy coming off of things so you know trying to protect the boys keep the swimmers going <laughs> <You know? laughs> i kept having like certain um, material which was supposed to protect if you had your laptop on your oh, legs it
2: spend much time around his computers at <laughs> <there>. oh, never <laughs> not never. at all <laughs> no. he had a little
1: <laughs> tropical forest in his his, his um, it wasn't just office. plants it was
0: it was sort of like some uh, peace uh,
1: lilies or something i think it was at the time sure. and, yeah. well, I don't
0: no, 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 well, there was also like we flew a lot of the time, so oh, there was also bath salts. I think. that was funny. Yeah, no, no, somebody
1: told us bath salts would work, and so we had bath salts in a ziploc that I would put over. That was when I was pregnant. That I would have over my tummy, and I got the weirdest looks from everybody because it looked like I was building this contraption to put on top of That's me right, every time we belt. flew, and it was oh.
0: Um, there was definitely like materials. Out there, I honestly don't remember exactly what material was there. It was sort of um, sort of shields, sort of you know the you radiation and stuff. Yeah, you Google it, and you Google it, you'll find it. Um, but yeah, no, so, I mean, that's a great point, Karen. I think one of the things is about being stressed from all the um, advice. Yeah. I don't know what you get. I'm sure, you, Brett, I mean, you have two kids. Were you, yeah. you know, did your family go through that?
2: Yeah, I remember exactly the same thing, that, that there's just so much information out there. And the more you read it, the more you start thinking about it. And, mm. and so, to be honest, to be perfectly frank, a lot of the advice was pretty crap advice. I mean, a lot of the books, you just read stuff and you went, I actually don't agree with any of this. Like, I, I really don't think you're on the right track here at all. And so, I think the other thing is that you know is to figure out where you're getting information from and to try and find some stuff that i guess fits with your philosophy around health and around birth and and you know find some people who've had the kind of birth that you want to have and and speak to them about what they did as well because yeah there is there is a lot of information out there but we found a lot of it to be to to be quite honest a bit ordinary and uh, and then when we did you know when you do start hearing real life stories from people it it seemed like there's a real thing there of, you know, women don't seem to like telling good stories about births. Oh, it's,
1: it's the horror stories, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's horrible. The horror
2: stories. And and the women who have had fantastic births, it's always like they feel guilty to talk about it because there's all these other horror stories out there that they don't want to talk about. Well, I mm. had this amazing birth because everyone's like, well, you know, good for you. Don't... <laughs> Thanks for rubbing it in. And so... There are a lot of horror stories out there as well, so it's um, you know there's some really good books out there that do have some really nice, uh, positive, empowering birth stories in them, and, and you know that sort of information I think you know it's like that old thing of you know if you want to become a millionaire then you know find someone with a million bucks and us and what they did you know find the people who've done it well who've had these you know beautiful, happy, successful births find out what they did differently, and, and I think that's the better way to try and get some good information about what you might like to do and what might work for you.
1: Yeah, and. If it's already happened and you've had people tell you these horrible stories, which is exactly what happened to me. Mm. I was about 18 working in a bank and like these seven women decided to tell me these horrible stories about birth. It actually scarred me. Like when we um, conceived Kaya I was so excited I was crying but on the other hand I was crying because I was terrified of her coming out because of these stories I heard. From
0: like 12 years ago. Yeah. From from 12 (laughs)
1: years earlier. That was just it it freaked me out and um, you know and if that happens that you're in a place that you're nervous about it, what we found worked for us was that we did hypnobirthing, and, and that was fabulous, and trying to regain the power and, you know, acquaint yourself with what perhaps are other people's stories of what birthing could be like and plan how we wanted it to be, and I, and I think really that's kind of what led us down to the home birth as well, is just us trying to make control of the type of birth we wanted, the type of environment we wanted, um, so that I didn't get scared. Because that's the last thing you want to do when you're having a baby is be in a stress state for your entire pregnancy or even worse, be in a stress state when you're giving birth.
0: I mean, home birth was a choice, and it was something that we had to talk about for a very long time. I mean, mm-hmm. met Karen when she was twenty one, which is like seventeen years ago. So when she first met me, like you know, I wasn't even in chiropractic college yet, so I wasn't you know really into the, the health. I was into healthy stuff, but not you know right into it. But you know, over the years as we developed our relationship, that's when we started talking a little bit about the choices that people would make, and some of the, some one of the things is being home birth. And uh, Brett, I know you you guys had home birth uh, for your two kids, and and. You know, most people think when I mention that people kind of freak out. It's like there's yeah. just a scary thing, like "oh my god, home birth!" Like, yeah, that would be so scary. And yeah. I kind of flip it around. And I go, well. I'm actually scared of going to the hospital to have a birth, to be honest with you. And, and that's what that's what made me choose home birth. Um, but Karen, I'd love to ask your opinion on this. Like, What are, what were some of the thoughts that you had to go through and the challenges that, you know, from a woman's perspective, because obviously this is something I believe I probably brought up in, in tomorrow, into our lifestyle or at least an option. You know, was it scary for you? And how did you transition from that? And what were some of the things that you had to go through in your head?
1: Well, I just don't look good in hospital gowns. So it just wasn't <laughs> an issue. <laughs> no getting uh, no it's not my color um, um i don't I don't know we um i get it was a scared factor I think a lot for me in wanting to maintain control and one of the ways I deal with my fear is I read a lot I read a lot of information to try and get control over things, and the more I read um I guess the more concerned I became sometimes with some of the information out there about timelines with birth in hospitals or just that factor of losing control, and control was something I wanted to keep. And as we went down the home birth options, I met with midwives and talked with them. And one of the things we said right from the beginning was that if at any point it wasn't healthy for me or the baby to be born at home, I wanted to be in a hospital, and I was very clear to everybody with that. Um, But I think if you have a home birth, you have to tick off certain um, criteria as well. You need a partner that supports you in that. You need to be healthy. You need to be a certain weight. You, You need to tick all those boxes so that it is a safe thing for you and the baby. And fortunately for us, that was. And so that was an avenue that we were able to go down, and we went into it with our eyes wide open. And we had our midwife with us. We also had our backup midwife. We had already seen obstetricians at the hospital. They had all our files. They knew what was happening as well. So a lot of people were involved. And, um, yeah, we had a lot of information going into it so that we knew what we were getting ourselves into as well and what to expect. Mm,
0: and I think one of the key things here is that, you know, we it was all, you, you know, you talked about the birthing plan. And, and there was a plan. And I think mm. anybody who's going through pregnancy, whether you go through home birth or not, you should have a plan. A plan actually, to, you know, if this should happen, this is what the choice that you're gonna make. Because let's face it, when it when you're going through it you know, your mind is elsewhere, your mind is focused on something else. And I think, it, you know, it's important to have those plan of action, let's sort of like a flow chart, I guess, mm. that your husband or the partner is ready to know exactly what the choices that you would want to make at that time, because you've already made that choice before. Brett, you went through that same process when you you would agree with, about that whole process of, you know, having a plan and designing it and making sure everything is, is in order before it actually happens.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think for us it really started from a philosophy. You know, our philosophy was that you know the body's intelligent, that it actually knows what to do. That the body is actually designed to give birth to a child. Like it's not a medical process. It's not actually something that needs to be managed necessarily. That it's actually a natural, healthy process. You know, I remember one of my friends, his quote, which, which has always stuck with me, was that, you know, would you go to the hospital to take a poo? <laughs> and, and, and he just said, well, look, it's just a natural process. It's something the body does, something the body knows how to do. And when you think about it that way, it, it makes you laugh because it kind of seems ridiculous. And you think, well, okay, this is something natural. It's, it's not something that's like a medical emergency that we need to manage or treat. It's actually something that the body knows how to do. So, so we kind of started from that perspective. And so. Our perspective was more so, well, I need to have a reason to go to the hospital, not I need to have a reason not to go to the hospital. Okay? And so we started from the point of view that it's a natural, healthy process that we should just be able to do at home. But if you can give me a really good reason why I have to be in the hospital, then by all means, we'll do it. And so we kind of flipped it and looked at it from the other perspective. And so then we started doing a lot of research and we researched into all of the different timelines. Like you said, we researched into the different interventions. We did a lot of research into what they call the cascade of interventions, which is that once you start with one intervention, even something as simple as an ultrasound can then lead to a higher likelihood of more interventions later on and Then you talk about fetal monitoring and then you talk about cesareans and you talk about um, you know epidurals and and there 's a real flow there that once you start with one intervention you 're much more likely to progress into more and more and more interventions so you know we looked at all of those. And we looked at the fact that, you know, the research really shows that for low to moderate risk births, you're just as safe at home as you are at hospital. And so we just didn't feel like there was that reason there for us to want to go to hospital. You know, as you said, we always knew at any stage that if there was an issue, we would go to the hospital. You know, mm-hmm. if, there, if there was a thing where we if, – if there was a reason there, if we were unhappy, if we felt like it wasn't safe, if we felt like there was going to be any problems – we would have gone straight to the hospital no problems at all because that's what the hospitals are there for and and you know and if you do happen to be one of those high-risk women then you may want to go straight to the hospital as well and that's you know and i guess the other thing with this is it's a very personal choice you know it's not something mm. we would want to dictate to anybody about what they should do mm. it's more just putting this out there is this is an option as well and so you know you you want to weigh up both of these sides and figure out what's right for you and what works for you but for us it was definitely having our kids at home we had both of our kids at home They were the most amazing, beautiful births. I mean, as a dad, it was just the most incredible thing to see. It was it was incredible how the body does what it does. You know how the body just naturally moves and shifts. And you know, I I mean, my wife was amazing. She she was just incredible through that process. The way she dealt with it, the way she dealt with you know the pain because there is still pain there. But but the way she took that on is just that's a normal, natural thing too. That's nothing to be scared of. That's just part of this process. And, uh, and it really was just a, a magical, incredible experience. And, you know, th- what I always say is if you hear Beck talk about her birth, if you hear her talk about the birth she had with the kids, it's an amazing, beautiful, positive story. And you just never hear women talk like that about birth. You, you don't actually hear women say that it was an amazing, positive, beautiful experience. And so, you know, that alone for me was sort of vindication that that, that had been the right choice for us.
1: And I think whatever choice you make when you're having children, um, I I, I think the main thing that stood out for me was get your information and and know that you have the choice and you have the say. Because that was one thing I really found with a lot of women um, was that they didn't know they had the choice or they just handed over all their power. To the doctors, to the obstetricians, and they just said to them, Do this test, do this, now you have to do that. And they didn't really know that they had that ability to make decisions about the test. And and I do think if you're going to have children, find out the facts. Find out do you need to have a test? Is that appropriate for somebody your age or in your condition? And um, you know, and then if it is, then great, then make that decision. But make that decision that you've 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 joined and participated in making that decision, not having somebody else dictate it for you. Whatever avenue you choose to have the baby, the baby. In but at least go into it with your eyes open.
2: Yeah, and I think a fantastic book for getting both sides of that story. We interviewed Jennifer Barr and Floriani on the show, well, quite a while ago now, but you mm-hmm. know, her book, Well Adjusted Babies, is fantastic for that information. It really does share both sides of the argument and, and the facts for, for all of those different options you go through right from conception all the way through to young kids and, and we found that that was like our bible as we were going yeah, through it that was I it's probably book. the same for hmm.
1: you guys yeah, yeah exactly we it's, used it's got it all well. of that
2: information out, all those different decisions that you have to make and quite frankly some of them decisions you don't even realise you're going to have to make and so you know you read through it in advance and you're like oh wow I wouldn't even have thought of that beforehand but it, it allows you to create that plan like you spoke about
0: Well that's the thing though you know like there's so many things and I'll give you one example like the for example like there's so many tests that we all you know women have to go through um, during the things but if you don't ask the question of why you're doing those tests what are actually you know the the next question you can ask is not just the why but you know what are the risk the risk to to the mother and the risk to the child uh, long term now you know not everybody has those answers, so therefore, I think it's important for you to actually research it on your own to kind of get a balanced uh, review of that. But you know, one of the things that we decided on the very on Kaya's birth we, was that we never had any ultrasound. Okay, yeah. so we chose not to ultrasound because we just felt from the research that we read, you know, ultrasound using that type of. Um, uh, uh, Modality might cause any you know some damage to the cells and during the growth process and so on and so forth. So you know that's we made that choice. You know I'm not saying that don't do that for yourself, but we made that choice. Now, however, second time around, we did. You know we did do it just once. Just once. And the reason why for that was because you know you want to talk about that because I think it's important for women to know that you can change your mind.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, we we didn't do it with Kaya and it. In some ways, that was always at the back of my mind. That was always stressful. And we'd said, you know, whatever happens, however she's born or it's born, we'll, 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 love, we'll love the child we're going to have. But that still made the pregnancy stressful in that I was worried, what if? What if something's happening? Um, and so after reading Well Adjusted Babies and, and thinking about it a little bit more, we decided when we got pregnant the second time with Christian that I, I, I said I would feel a lot safer and I'd feel a lot better if I just had one ultrasound. And that's what we decided to do. And so we waited until a lot of the, the cell division had happened. We waited until... I think it was until,
0: probably 20 weeks almost. Probably uh,
1: around 20 weeks. Um, and we had it then, and everything was fine. And, and I didn't have any more after that. And I found I felt a lot less stressful during his pregnancy because i just i didn't have that little niggle at the back of my mind just constantly wondering was there something wrong yeah when the heart um, was going something was formed properly or whatever yeah and and jennifer does a fantastic job of saying like she ended up doing that as well and and at what stage she recommended that she did it at and you know that just helped formulate my opinion as well Hmm. the second time around
2: Yeah, and that's what it's about, isn't it? It's about figuring out what's right for you Mm because that's going to be different for all of the different parents out there. and It's a matter of figuring out what are you comfortable with, what's right for you, and as you said, making sure it's an informed choice and making sure that it's your choice because, as you said earlier, there's so often now that there'll be pressure there, whether that's from health professionals, whether that's from family you know, from just society in general, there's pressure to do it a certain way. I mean, I'm sure you guys would have been the same as we were, where the first question everyone asks is, well, when's your first scan? You know, it's not, are you going to have a scan? It's, well, when's your scan? Haven't you done your scan yet? What's going on? And it's just an assumption there that, that, that you're going to have the scan. I mean, the other one was for us, well, there's a couple of others for us that, When Beck first went in to have the pregnancy test, you know, she wanted to go into the doctor and have like the full-on pregnancy test just to make absolutely sure that this was, you know, this was all (laughs) happening. And so she went in and had the pregnancy test. But when she told this doctor and all she'd gone that this wasn't her doctor, the only reason she, she didn't actually have a doctor, the only reason she went there was to get this pregnancy test. But when she told her she was considering having a home birth, I mean, this doctor just went off at her, like just absolutely, frankly, bullied her and and said to her you know told her that this is not possible you shouldn't do it it shouldn't be allowed it's you know dangerous you're going to kill your baby and she ended up this doctor actually ended up sending back this like legal kind of letter saying you know you're doing this you're doing it against my wishes i absolve all responsibility you know just ranting basically about you know why she thought this home birth was a bad idea and it was just amazing to see that and And then I think the week after that, we went to a barbecue. And and because I studied at Adelaide Uni, I did health science there. And a lot of the guys that I studied with are doctors. And so a lot of my mates now are medical doctors. And we're at this barbecue chatting to one of my mates who's a medical doctor. We said, yeah, this is what happened. We're going to have a home birth, blah, blah. And he turns to me and says, is that allowed? Like, is that legal? (laughs) And I'm thinking, hang on, this guy's a doctor and he's asking me if home birth is even legal. And I was just like, wow. You know, so it just shows that the pressure that's out there and the the ideas, I guess, that are out there around, you know, around you making this informed choice. It's just so important to remember that it is your choice and it's an informed choice and you're free to make it as you wish.
1: And that's why I think it helps if you you know if you're going into it with your eyes open and you've done your research and your partner supports you, because there, there can be, unfortunately, as you were saying, a lot of bullying. Like I went to an obstetrician and he sent a letter to my midwife saying how non-compliant I was and Hmm. all these horrible things that I was this horrible person. And he basically was absolving himself of us and, and our decisions. And I'd only gone in for a quick test with him and for him to check that everything, yeah, less than five, (laughs) five, (laughs) less less than five minutes. And it was, um, yeah, it was interesting. So, but if, lawrence hadn't been supporting me if we hadn't been sitting on the same side of that issue then you know it does create a lot of fear and it does create questions and you know and, and maybe that's good it creates questions because it solidifies is this what you want or isn't it
0: i think questioning is, is important i think you know uh, like you said the partner in uh, you know, decision on this is really important i think you know if your partner is not comfortable you having home birth i think you need to have a, a strong discussion about it. not forcefully but make a decision together whether or not home birth is right for you because i think if one partner is not for it and one partner is then i don't work. think it's i don't think it should happen because no. it's going to be stressful and there's always going to be that tension uh-huh. and that's going to that alone that stress alone is going to create problems and i think you know look at your best next best option your next best option would be like a, a birthing center of some sort you know that's yeah. tied in right to right beside a hospital but you know you still allowed to birth the way you want to birth and let's talk a little bit about that um the story of the, the, ho- the home birth itself because a lot of people don't Realize, right? Because they all think it's scary, but it is the most like Brett. You kind of mentioned this. It is the most natural, beautiful thing to happen. And to be honest with you, I'm so like I'm so thankful for that opportunity to experience twice uh, to mm-hmm. be able to catch my own child, um, yeah. you know, in the water and see the whole process and just watch my wife just just beautifully delivering this this baby all on her own and the strength of you know seeing that. I mean, you know, just to kind of paint the scenario is that you know you're the in the scenario in, in most you know we 've seen the movies and stuff in the hospital. I have no idea exactly i 've never seen a birth in a hospital, so um, you know they 're always in a bed and you know their legs are, legs are spread apart in in home birth it 's like in our cases it was in water we had it, uh, a beautiful pool, and so we had water in it, and it was done all in the water the whole time. And, you know, both my kids were actually swimmers before they were actually breathing. Mm -hmm. So uh, they came out swimming. And so, you know, I think that's the scenario. We had our own music. We had our own, um, you know, food. And, you know, after the birth, we were able to just kind of like just be by ourselves you know umbilical cord attached i mean the midwife was doing all the checks and stuff but she was not uh, you know obtrusive she just was doing their checks doing her thing while the two of us and got to enjoy the baby you know i think we were in the water for at least 30 minutes or 45 minutes i got to check the little bit uh, the little ones both of them uh, did a little adjustment and then you know we got out of the water because it got a kind of cold after a while mm-hmm. and then we just went straight to bed I mean, yeah. it was like literally just went from the bathroom to the bed and it was, you know, going to, to be in our own environment. You know how unstressful that is. You should be in your own home, you know, just given birth and you just have that all that without being in a hospital where it's all alien. You know, it's, there's no, this, the environment's different. It's just, it's just such a beautiful place to be when you're own home and you're comfortable. And I think that's, that's, that's why we loved home birth so much.
2: And the yeah. cake.
1: And the cake. <laughs> can, can, can. There was a birthday cake. We had cake. <laughs>
2: And it's interesting you speak there about you know being able to check your kids as well, Lawrence. I mean, for me, it was actually even being able to adjust Beck while she was going through the labor. So mm. for Beck, and I actually can't remember which of our kids it was. It was either Tom or Charlotte. But at, at one stage during the birth, she got real pain down in her sacrum. And, and she said, look, Brett, there's something going on here. Like, can you check me? And I'm like, yeah, no worries. So I checked her. And, and sure enough, her sacrum was, was really out. And I, and I was able to actually adjust it while she was in labor. Um, because the labor had actually stopped you know and this was for me it was a classic example of if we'd been in a hospital if I hadn't been a chiropractor you know that that labor had stopped it wasn't progressing and it would have been an immediate like okay this has stopped it's not progressing we need to move to the next intervention but I was able to adjust her and and the pregnancy was able to keep going Um, and then Several minutes later, she said, "Look, Brett, you've got to check me again. Like it's painful, it's back again." And I was like, "Oh, come on! Like I just adjusted you. I'm like, you know, I'm this chiropractor. I'm great. You know, it's be fine." And she's like, "No, you have got to check it." And so I checked it. Sure enough, it was completely out of whack again. Adjusted her again, and then the birth went smoothly after that. And so it's even just being able to have that that support team around you that you want, and that's one thing you can have, whether you're at home or whether you're in the hospital. Is you know you might want to have a support there. It might be your partner, and they might be there with you. But you might also want to have a doula. You know, you might have your own private midwife that comes in and joins in on the support team. You know, there's a range of different options there that you can have to try and create that that support network around you as well, which I think is really important too. Mm.
0: I think it was also a stat too, is where the more people you have in the room,
1: observing,
0: observing, yeah. the harder
1: and longer and longer
0: the labor will be. Yeah, You know, and huh. so, you know, it's just because of that pressure and there's also that, that whole sense of just you know, just having to perform in a way.
1: So, I don't think it's just performing, but it's also, too, when you're birthing, you need to get out of your head. You yeah. need to get out of the way. And the more people you have involved mm. talking to you and observing you and keeping you present makes it harder.
0: Mm. And I think that's why, like, for our second birth we Christian, we pretty much did it all on our own. Like, you know, because it was our second mm. time, our midwife, Jill, she was amazing. She just pretty much kind of, she was only in she and She sat out of, in the
1: background. Yeah, yeah. she
0: kind of came in and out and she just let us do our own thing. and It was actually an amazing thing. Um, but
1: having said that, though, like oh, I do want to say that the midwives do have their little bag in the back. They are fully trained, fully qualified. She had all sorts of things that if I did go into pain, if something drastic happened, she had the medication. She had what she needed. If it became an emergency to do all the things that hmm. would be needed to do, which I didn't know at the time that she did have that yeah. that backup bag for an emergency. Yeah, she didn't want to pro- tell you that just because. They didn't want to freak us out and didn't yeah. want to put that into our heads that that could be you know. But she she was more than well prepared with everything that she needed.
0: Mm, For sure. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think, you know, with home birth, I think I want to be clear on this as we broadcast this episode is that this is this was our choice. And we're just sort of showing you um, sort of telling you, I guess, our experience and our story and our story. And please be clear that we're not suggesting that everybody does has a home birth. I think what we're saying is there's another alternative than the one that we typically normally do and uh, so i think we're just this is just the show to to enlighten you that there are other options out there and you know to explore them
1: and i think it's hard enough as a mom you always feel that you're not doing the right thing and everybody's so judgmental if you breastfeed it's bad if you don't breastfeed it's bad if you do you you can never win as a mom you know either side everyone's judging and and so definitely that's what we're just doing is sharing our story and uh yeah for everybody to make their own choice
2: yeah. And that's what it comes down to, isn't it? It's just do what's right for you. And, and the only way to figure out what's right for you is to make an informed choice, is to gather all the information from both sides of the equation and figure out which of those interventions are going to be right for you, if any, and, and decide how you want to go about it.
0: That's right. So, you know, Karens, thank you so much for uh, being part of the Wellness Guy show, we you know, and uh, especially to replace Damo it's uh, I know Rockstar is very hard to uh to good replace swap. sometimes. It's a good He's swap. To I was replace. happy to learn. <laughs> Yeah, a good swap. It's good to have a female voice in the Wellness Guys once in a while. And uh, so you know, thank you for for participating. And and you know, listeners out there, I really hope that you got a lot out of this, and um, hope that you enjoyed the experience of that what we went through. But also, would love to hear your story. You know, if you had a great birthing story, we'd love to hear it. Go to our Facebook page and uh, just leave a comment on on the Facebook post underneath this particular episode we'll have to hear your success stories as well because I think that's what people do need you know Brett you kind of mentioned this that we all need to hear more great birthing stories I think women need to hear that to to get in their mindset and I think one of the important things we'll leave off with, with this thought is you know if you don't like uh, certain things are being said about certain. Just stay away from it. I think we we're, were very clear and yeah. focused on staying with the people that we were that were congruent to our beliefs and philosophy. And uh, I think that's what made our birth, both births, very successful. So go to our Facebook page. Like I said, go to facebook.com slash the wellness couch or the wellness guys, and so leave a comment there. Share this podcast with your friends, your families, and other strangers you think need a wellness update and while you're doing all this stuff go to subscribe to us on itunes and while you're there leave a five-star rating because that's what damo loves and so do we actually by the matter of fact and leave a comment there on too on itunes so until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show